Welcome to Notes from the North with Kyle and Sam. Welcome back to Notes from the North, your go-to Minnesota Vikings podcast within the Pigskin Podcast Network. Before we get started, we want to offer our thanks to Purple Pain Forums for allowing us to post our podcast there. If you're looking for an online forum for passionate Vikings fans, feel free to check out purplepainforums.com. And Kyle, we're finally recording on a Monday morning. Uh, we've been recording on Fridays lately with a workflow, but but here Monday, post-Super Bowl, uh, how are you feeling after after watching that game? I think it was, uh, in some ways, it was a confusing game. But overall, I think it was a good game. I was happy that it was close, right? And it came down to the end. And so in that sense, it was exciting. It's always better than a blowout. Uh, but in many ways, I found it peculiar. Uh, it was it was a kind of a strange game. But kind of generally, what were, what were your thoughts? Yeah, that's a good question. I I found like I really enjoyed watching the Cincinnati Bengals. I was kind of fully prepared to come on here and say, you know what, this is going to be a Bengals and Vikings <laughs> podcast moving forward. Yeah. I'm all yeah. aboard the the bandwagon as of a couple months ago. Um, I it wasn't the most exciting game, but I also kept it kept me intrigued the whole time and that's right. kind of what exactly asked for so um yeah overall I, I felt pretty good i i don't know for you um if there's any particularly like things that stood out to you whether it's uh, i know there's some refing there's you see someone like aaron donald uh yeah cooper cup matt stafford I don't, i'm curious for you kind of what what your takeaways were from from last night's game my main takeaway, kind of like my lasting kind of thought, which is kind of probably a strange way to assess the game, but was just how ineffective the Rams run game was. I thought it was kind of shocking to see them do so poorly in that regard. And I think that was largely what contributed to the Rams seeming kind of clunky on offense when we probably were expecting to be a little more explosive. But I mean, they were already down Robert Woods and then OBJ went down and they lost Higby. You know, that was announced that he was going to be out before the game. He was their main tight end all year and, and pretty good player. And so kind of your three main receiving weapons after Cooper Cup are all out. And so I understand that that allows the defense to kind of double Cooper Cup, you know, on almost every critical down and really allocate some resources towards the run game. But it was surprising to me that the Rams didn't get more out of their run offense. And I thought that they... I thought they would have done far better in that regard. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's fair. And, and actually I, I'm going to hold on to that a little bit. I'll refer to it a little bit later with the follow-up question I have uh, for you, but I know that in some of the analysis I've, I heard, they talked about um, Higby being a, a main contributor to that. Like when you lose your main tight end, like the tight ends yep. are so key to the blocking and especially the way that the Rams seem to be trying to get to the outside. It just didn't happen. <laughs> uh last night and so yeah the the rams offense definitely seemed to have some some blown plays whether it was stafford just air mailing a couple guys there's the one yes. in the zone um yeah. even that trick play um stafford got air mailed like they just yeah they had a lot of opportunities to to do it and in some ways it would have really felt um like they really lost the game if if they had not been able to to kind of get that last last minute touchdown um, mm-hmm. so i i was looking today and i was kind of 
cruising Twitter to see a little bit of um, what, what people were talking about. So Seth Walder tweeted out this tweet and I was shocked. I'm not like, I knew it was bad, but I didn't think it was this bad, but the Bengals last night finished with a 14% pass block win rate. The worst by any team in any game this season. 14%. That is astonishing. Um, we all knew that it was bad, right? And part of the reason why I picked the Rams and felt confident picking the Rams was that I, I just felt that. Like, their, so their strength, the Rams, their strength is their defensive line, right? And I know there are three, four, so some of their edge rushers, technically are linebackers, but their pass rush, right? They are built for the playoffs in this regard. And so, but then matching that up with Cincinnati and their weaknesses, their offensive line. So it just seemed to mesh so well for the Rams in that their greatest strength could exploit Cincinnati's greatest weakness. But even still, 14% is unbelievable. I, I, I mean, again, like you're saying, like, I don't, uh, I don't know. I, I didn't, I didn't like track every thing or whatever, but it does give me pause and says like, I just want to make sure there's not a typo there or something like that, because that is such a crazy number. Yeah. Well, so this is, so Seth Walder on, on Twitter uh, via ESPN NFL next gen stats. Um, and like the Bengals offensive line, it felt like they were just kind of holding off that flood for the first half. Like they, yes. they, they it wasn't pretty, but they made it work and they were drawing the center out and um, just trying to do everything they could to stop Aaron Donald. Um, and you just saw like the dam broke in the second half, particularly it did. Yeah. After like the midway point of the third quarter. Um, I, I just, I was really cheering for the Bengals. I thought that Joe Burrows did as well as probably could have considering he got sacked. I believe by the end, he got sacked the most that any quarterback has ever got sacked in, in a Super Bowl. Um, I know at one yeah. point he was tied yeah. for it's seven, but even the last play, um, uh, I think it might've been nine at the very end. Um, but like there, there's some pieces there you got jamar chase that that one catch in the first yeah. half down the sideline was unbelievable um yeah. i i do have to say though i'm i'm a little bit concerned uh as a new Bengals fan of the ability to re <laughs> as the, the of the ability to repeat what they did this season um because there's a lot of really good teams in the afc and things really came together this year and um I know that like it's like Joe Burrow's young, he's gonna get another chance, but like we've seen this before. Our young quarterback goes to the Super Bowl and it's like, you know what, he'll get another chance and just doesn't always happen. Um it's true. So yeah, it's true. It it felt like it, the pieces were there, but didn't happen. One thing I'll say to that, if I'm not mistaken, I tweeted out something about last week about how I might be misremembering the numbers now, but they the Bengals, I think, have like 58 million in salary cap space heading into next season. Right. And then moving on from Trey Waynes, who is going to be their somehow he's going to be their highest paid player next year. Uh, the former Viking corner, if they cut him, that adds on like another 11 million or so. And so there is significant, significant money there. And if, if they want to go and get the best offensive lineman or two, they, they could do it right now. The Cincinnati fans uh, will tell you that their owner is the cheapest in the NFL. And they're notorious for having the smallest scouting department, you know, like in the areas where salary cap doesn't impact things, they don't invest a ton of money relative to other teams. And so I'll be curious to see what this level of success, right? This is, you know, you come within three points winning the Super Bowl. 
couple minutes of winning the Super Bowl, that's, you know, you had a pretty nice year, especially for a team that many thought were rebuilding. Uh, I'll be curious to see if that kind of shifts the overall philosophy and they can really invest money in this thing. But as you're saying, even if they did, you got Josh Allen over there, you got Lamar Jackson, you got Patrick Mahomes. It's going to be a tough go, right? Like, I don't, I don't know what you think of Mac Jones. Maybe so I was going to say Mac, Mac Jones. I was going to throw his name in there. Like, kind of <laughs> yeah. Sarcastic, but also, I mean, like, he had a, he, he had did. a nice rookie year though. Yeah. Right? No, he did. And he's with Belichick. Yeah. So we'll see. It's no guarantee, but I will say, I mean, I don't know how you can't be impressed with Joe Burrow. Like how, I mean, he's an impressive kid. So tip of the cap. Yeah, no, you got to think that seeing what he did this year, you got to think like, you know what, while he's on that rookie deal, make something happen um, yes exactly so like if not for yeah like like just there's some momentum there so i i just i do hope that they they invest there um going back to what you said and i i kind of want to shift this now because we are going to talk about the vikings and want to make everything about the vikings we're allowed to do that here because it's a vikings podcast um yeah, i know you mentioned the the inability with the run offense and i know like i know that uh, Kevin O'Connell, who is expected to be the next head coach of the Minnesota Vikings as the offensive coordinator. Um, I know that there's, um, I, sometimes it's not always clear with teams about who's actually calling the plays. And I know Sean McVay's yep. got his hand in uh, parts of the offense, but I guess I'm curious if watching that Rams offense last night, if you have any different thoughts about O'Connell and, and I'm kind of like saying this sarcastically because uh, we obviously aren't going to overreact about one game, but I am curious from what you saw last night, um, how you're feeling about, about Kevin O'Connell coming in um, as long as everything continues to work out and that, that still happens. Yeah. Uh, I still feel excited about it. Like I still, where it, so there's a couple of times where the camera panned over to him on the sidelines and he's talking to Matt Stafford and he just seemed calm, cool and collected. And where sometimes like Sean Mavay can seem really intense and I, Maybe I'm just maybe misinterpreting things. Sometimes I think he looks flustered, but maybe he's just like really dialed in and really intense. Kevin O'Connell just looked really even keeled. Was talking to Matt Stafford, obviously not like yelling, just, you know, talking normal level. And so I liked that. You did mention Higby, OBJ, Robert Woods. There's some serious talent you're missing there. And obviously that kind of throws your passing offense of sorts. And that therefore has an impact on the running offense. Obviously the dream you know, in a sense, is that like you just come out and see this unbelievably explosive offense. They hang 45 of them. And we find out later that all these insane, clever plays were schemed up by Kevin O'Connell. And he made the suggestion to call it at just the right time. You know, that would be the dream. That's obviously not what happened. But, you know, you give that context. I think my most, the most damning thing, in a sense, the thing that I was most concerned about was that up until decent way through the fourth quarter, Cooper Cup had four receptions. That is insane, right? Four receptions. And so I was thinking to myself, you know, Justin Jefferson has made some comments about being excited about Kevin O'Connell and saying, hey, Cooper Cup, he seems to be open all the time. I love that, right? Like, I love the fact that this dude's coming over and I see what Cup is doing, you know, think about what I can do, right? And so on and so forth. And I, like, I, I totally agree with Jefferson. It's like, yeah, absolutely. But then to me, it's like, how in the world does Cooper Cup only have four catches at this point? And I get that they're doubling him almost every critical play, right? Like maybe even every single play. But that to me was pretty damning, given, given the fact that you're having really some struggles from some of your depth wide receivers. 
and some struggles from your running game, man, I would just, I would have been peppering him relentlessly, right? Like, and you saw in that final drive where they really leaned on him, right? And then it wasn't even just the, it wasn't even just the catches. He also had that run, the end around run to pick up the first down. So Cooper Cup, you know, I, I was happy that they got him involved and that he did what he did. Uh, I'm most confused about the Cooper Cup stuff up until that point, though. And in that sense, it, it gave me a pause. Like, what in the world is going on here? Yeah. No, so I, think that, that, I think that's fair. Um, and it's, I, it's just, I still am not on board with the Cooper Cup as the best wide receiver in the NFL. Like, it just... He doesn't wow, I guess, physically as much as some others do, but like mm-hmm. his IQ, his speed, the way that like his yards after catch, like he is an incredible receiver. And yep. so I, I do think like there's been concerns about Jefferson not getting the ball enough. Uh, and then you see something like Cooper Cup, him him not getting the ball as much either. I, I was wondering if you're going to bring up the third and 17 run play um, <laughs> in the first quarter. Um, and I know Dustin Baker, who's been a guest on the show before, uh, tweeted out something at the start of the game, like hours before saying something like, you know what, you're going to see a team run on a third and 17 and you're going to think it was a Zimmer thing, but it's just an NFL thing. And, uh, literally the first drive of the game, uh, that happens. Um, right. Right. But I think overall, again, I'm, I'm obviously not, um, suggesting that that there should be any concern about O'Connell and and mm-hmm. obviously there's more than one person that's responsible for for play calling uh, yep. but I think the pro is that he comes now over with Super Bowl experience and a Super Bowl championship precisely this dude knows what it's like not only to get there but to win it to because I do think it's I seem to recall Sean McVay after his first trip to Super Bowl and they lost obviously and, you know, reflecting on that and saying, you know, I would have done this preparation differently. You know, I think we put in, you know, I, I reached way too far back into the game film and it just was not productive. Right. And so like knowing what's a good process, what works, what doesn't work, how do we get these guys ready? I do think that's important. Right. Like, I don't I don't think it's necessarily going to be, um, you know, the be all end all still comes down to the players, but any little bit helps. And so. It's yeah, it's definitely a positive thing, right? To be in that moment and to have succeeded, even if it wasn't necessarily spectacular all the time. You say, all right, all right, that, that's exciting. Yeah, spectacular is overrated. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> if listen, we wouldn't be Vikings fans if we were all in on spectacular. No, no. Yeah. Time to time to give up on that. Um yeah. okay, very quick question. Yep. Super Bowl performance, yay or or nay, the, the halftime show. Uh I thought, yeah, I thought it was good. Like, yeah. I, I like Dr. Dre. I like Eminem. I thought it was a good performance. I always, for the most part, I'm always like, yeah, okay, that's kind of interesting. Um, like, I'm really not super critical for the most part. And then, I don't know, I'll leave it to the cultural commentators post, uh, post-Super Bowl to tell me if it's good or not, rank it in the overall rankings. Yeah. Did you like it? Yeah. So I was, so for context, I was watching with my wife's 95-year-old grandfather um so, so <laughs> yeah, that, right. that changed the way that i enjoyed it thinking what on earth does he think of this um, right he had a great comment of like i'm not really sure what to think about that um, yeah, which true. i think was 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 kind uh from someone um in that position but i i thought it was good i enjoyed it um yeah fast yeah. moving i thought they they used foot the field well i like i'm not a, an analyst so i was just kind of asking for you a quick yay nay 
uh, yeah. about that. Um, yay. Yay. Good. Yay. Same. Um, final question. And this is very, very uh, shifting towards the Vikings is I, I wonder for you, if there's anything that you can see from that game last night that gives you hope for the Vikings. Uh, and I guess you can go however you want, whether it's um, the hope that you have now O'Connell's there, uh, hope in watching a subpar offensive line, maybe something else. Um, what, what from last night's game maybe gives you hope as a Vikings fan? The hope I take away from this is that a ferocious defensive line can still win a team of Super Bowl, can still be perhaps the most important thing in winning a team of Super Bowl. Um, and the Vikings have had ferocious defensive lines in the past. Never won a Super Bowl. But um, a sometimes clunky offense and a, like a good but not great quarterback partnered with, you know, this kind of roster, this kind of team, et cetera, et cetera, it can do it. And so I think there's a path forward for the Vikings to kind of pursue that model, that overall kind of roster build to, to make it happen. Good. I think that's perfect. That's perfect. That's me. Do you, um, have, any, do you have any big reasons for hope? Um, I think, like I, I've mentioned it before, I just, I do think that there are ways to make sure that your team works despite your inefficiencies. And like, I think the Bengals that's did a great job of making it work despite a very poor offensive line. Uh, and I think obviously the hope is that you improve on the areas that you're weak in. Um, yeah. But at the end of the day, you only have so much money to spend uh, in so many places. And I think that, yeah, you just, you, as a team, you just need to be able to figure out and, and understand what your identity is, what you're able to do, what your skills are, really lean into that and then figure out ways to work around your inefficiencies. And, and you got, like Joe Burrow scrambling out of the pocket and like, he still got hit a lot. And like, obviously that's not really a recipe for, for success to have your quarterback sacked as many times as he did in, in the playoffs. Um, mm -hmm. But um, it's possible to get there despite having weaknesses at, at important places. Mm -hmm. Yeah. True enough. Yeah. That's good too. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you have any other comments. I think this might be the only Vikings podcast that doesn't talk about Kirk Cousins this week. Um, I've, I've seen <laughs> you forced him in at the end, though. Yeah, I've seen a lot of a lot of conversation about him, and um, I don't know about you. I I really um, not that I couldn't care less, but it feels like the decision around him and whether it's an extension or a trade is still weeks away at this point, and and that, or maybe you disagree. Uh, March 15th is free agency. We are February 14th. Happy Valentine's Day to Sam and to all the listeners. So it's got to happen here. You're like, I mean, it is weeks away, but it's also not forever from now. So right. in that sense, yeah. Yeah, fair enough. I, I guess that like it just um, knowing that nothing can happen before the, the Super Bowl is over. I just, there's a lot of conversation and I yeah. don't know. I'm, I'm really curious to see what happens. And I guess my thought is like the, the, the team that's going to make that decision hasn't even been assembled yet. And so I'm not too concerned about um, where, where that is. So, all right, but it's going to be, it's going to be fun. It's going to be interesting. And I know like looking ahead, we've obviously like Kyle mentioned, you got, we have free agency. I uh, got the draft coming up. I know sometime shortly, Kyle's got a neat idea for, for a podcast episode about some of these ideas that we have. And so um, depending, I guess, on, on what news happens in the next little while that that might come at you sooner rather than later 
Um, but mm -hmm. going to keep it short today. Uh, I'm going to do a quick wild update in that since the outdoor game, they're 10-1-1. One, and one. Um, So I, nice. I was looking today, their, their last 10, they were 8-1-1, one, and, one, and I was curious to go further back and actually 10-1-1 one, one since the loss to St. Louis on January 1st. Nice. Um, and uh, if you're listening to this before Monday night, they get to play the Detroit Red Wings, so we can just put it down as 11-1-1. One, and one. <laughs> yeah, all right. We'll we'll, uh, we'll see. We'll see. Kyle's a, Kyle's a Red Wings fan for new listeners. Um, I am. Not a great team. Not not the worst team. You know what? You've you've risen above the tier of the Buffalo Sabers, Arizona Coyotes, and and now the Montreal Canadiens. Um, <laughs> true that. Yeah. And actually, true. Montreal I think might be lower than those other two teams. It's just awful. Yeah. But uh, this is a football podcast. Won't go in that. But uh, we'll <laughs> we'll wrap it up there. Uh, Kyle, if you have any last thoughts, um, plugs, let people know where they can find your uh, your great writing. Uh, you have a hard time finding my great writing, uh, but my writing is on purpleptsd.com. Uh, and so you can find some writing on there and you can decide whether or not you think it's great. And uh, that's, I'll leave it at that. Perfect. I think it's great. Okay. Yeah. You're good. Gonna... I got one, one fan. That's exciting. <laughs> hey, you've got, you've got family too. Um... Yeah, exactly. right. Exactly. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. Well, anyways, thanks everyone for listening. Uh, we'll be back next week to talk about something Vikings related. We'll, we'll see, we'll have to see what happens, see what, what comes down uh, the news wire. And, and if uh, we I guess we hope to have something fun to talk about next week and uh, mm -hmm. hope everyone mm -hmm. has a, has a great week. Happy Valentine's day. And uh, we'll, uh, we'll talk to you soon. Thanks.